Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. Happy New Year. It's a little bit late. I do apologise for that if you, you guys checked out part two of the 100th episode with Olivier Kugler. Um, coming back off the spell, I sort of took December off. We'll get into that shortly. But for that reason, apologies and Happy New Year, belatedly. Uh, what's going down? The weather this week is twitchy, winky and a little bit wide-eyed. Uh, yeah, it's creative boom on the show today and uh, if you've seen their new website, if you've checked out any of the articles, you might have seen their brand new, very cool um, eye motif icon. I'm not sure what to call it, but it's great. Cool little graphic on their logo on their website. We're going to be talking to founder of Creative Boom, Katie Cowan, about everything about, about creative media, what they do, getting your work seen in media, online. Uh, really valuable stuff from a, a great lady. Very talented lass. Um, so we'll get into that shortly. But first, just got to say a, th- a huge thank you for everyone who supported the show in 2017. It was a real joy. Uh, the sheer panorama of people that I was fortunate enough to spend time talking to, finding out their story, was was truly mind-blowing. Um, I took a little time over Christmas and New Year just to reflect and stop and think about what this thing has become. It didn't start out with a real plan or a real script doing a podcast. It was a suggestion made by Harry Lyon-Smith, the MD of my agency, Illustration Web, one of our sponsors, which I'll tell you about in a moment. Um, but Harry was awesome. And he, he he helped me get it off the ground. And we didn't really have a script beyond that, like I say. And it's gone from strength to strength, largely thanks to the support and encouragement I've had from you guys um, on the social media, in person, from comments and feedback. It's been astounding. And the easy part is spending time with talented, creative people, sitting down, hearing their stories, hearing their journeys, trying to get to the core of you know, what went wrong, how did they overcome that. The, the things we like to hear about people's journey through the arts I think it's really encouraging and empowering to hear that even the people we really respect and look up to have had their ups and downs and continue to have their ups and downs and I think when you remember that and you remember we all have a wonderful unique journey then things get easier and and that comes down to the core of why I'm doing this show I like to try and inspire and tool people up so to speak with um, with other people's stories because it's an absolutely incredible way to learn and one thing that occurred to me over Christmas, and I said this to Simon Dixon from Dixon Baxi, who was on the show last year, he he said some kind words um, about the show and said, congratulations, you know, well done for getting this far. And I replied to him and it just kind of rolled off the tongue, off the fingertips, whatever you want to say if I'm typing. <laughs> I said to him, this is like the third instalment of my learning. Um, and I say that in respect of college, university. And now this, this it really is alongside those those kind of keystones of, of learning and developing and spending time around people and I hope it's going to continue to be so because it's it's really really uh, amazing to do that so thank you to every single guest every single listener every person who shared everyone who supported um, and the rest of you because it really does mean a lot so cheers for that uh, so like I say we've got Creative Booms Katie Cowan coming up today so it's a nice look it's a nice start to the new year and it's a great way to uh, get some insights into media and how you get your stuff noticed and seen and shared around this crazy world that we have online now um i hope you enjoyed part two part one and two of olivier kugler uh i mean wow just to sit down with that guy and hear his adventure stories from uh working as a reportage illustrator and artist over the years is is just truly inspiring and shell shocking and jaw-dropping and whatever else you want to call it because he's so modest and down-to-earth and chilled about all of it but he's so talented and doing really important work so go back 
and listen to that if you haven't. Uh, so a big thank you to my sponsors who follow me into the new year, illustrationweb.com, my agency representing over a, well, a lot of talented people. Um, really broad range of lettering artists, fashion illustrators, fashion designers, large-scale muralists, uh, people doing stuff for film, for animation. Uh, really ha do have the whole spread of what you want these days from a visual communication agency standpoint so go and check out their portfolio and go and have a look at their news section also which is full of great insights and um behind the scenes stories for each project and clients and give hopefully give you some cool ideas and some uh some own you know so uh, maybe a, a whole new direction for your own promo so go and have a look illustrationweb.com thank you to those guys check them out digital sponsor heartinternet.co.uk um Again, follow me into 2018. Wonderful people. Uh, they give us a little tip every episode. And I try and talk about guests. So you know what's quite interesting? Olivia Kugler, um, you would have heard this on the previous episode. He doesn't have a smartphone. He's very much offline. His work is viral. It's cult. It catches on because the storytelling is there. The message and the passion is evident. And it connects with all of us because it's about people and it's people's stories. And I, I said to Olivier, because he was a little worried about his lack of digital marketing um, experience because he's kind of stayed offline. And I said, I don't think you need to worry, mate. I think you've, you've found a way to tell your story through print media and digital media without having to be the voice behind it, without having to reveal the soul. And I think there's a lovely air of mystique about Olivier's work. And then on the other side of the coin, we've got, you know, we've got Creative Boom who are coming up today. Um, Awesome use of social media, which Kate is going to go into. She's going to tell us about the roots of Creative Boom today. But take a look at the brand new website. It's fantastic. Um, and I think it's a great example for anyone who's looking to get a portfolio. It's simple, it's clean, it's efficient, it's easy to navigate. Um, it's great. So go and have a look and look at the way they use their social media. They let their artists do the talking. They share the work in a loving and passionate way. And I think they they really are two sides of the coin as to minimal and kind of intensive use of social media. So I think that's the tip today from heartsinternet.co.uk. Go and check them out. Uh, so thanks for coming back, guys. Thanks for following me into the new year. It's exciting times ahead. We've got a great bunch of people. We've got Sham Muragaya coming up. Um, fantastic illustrator, great guy. I went to chat to him in London just recently. He's got a great passion project coming up for Londoner magazine. Um, and I thought it'd be a good timely moment to sit down with Sham and uh, just kind of discuss, just kick back and, and hear what he's been doing and where he's come from and all, all those great things that we like to get out there on a rest on the mix. Um, so creative boom coming up. What have you been up to? What are you doing this year? Because Creative Boom are one of a number of projects that are featured on this website that give us different perspectives and different insights into creative media and getting your stuff seen because, as we know, things have gone more digital than print these days and I think it's high time for thinking about that and working out the best way to get yourself seen and shared and, and, and loved. And what I've found is that all these these platforms so creative boom today's example are very welcoming that it's their job to showcase us guys people working as photographers stylists artists illustrators whatever it is that you do these guys it's their bread and butter to share your work so what that requires you to come at them and you to send that stuff whether you do that on an email whether you pick up the phone and call them whether you hit them up on social media I think that's down to individualism and what's best for you. But they really are quite open. And I remember the first few times my work was was showcased, 
online on any kind of creative blog slash journal platform, it was a, a great shock because there's a modesty and a, and a kind of imposter syndrome that kicks in. So I think the first few times anyone wants to share your work to the public and there's no ulterior motive, there's no fee involved, you kind of stop and go, really? Okay, yeah, wow, yeah, of course, yeah, but why? Um, and Katie's going to talk about that. She's going to talk about how uh, 2008 and the financial crash brought about an unexpected silver lining, which was the advent of Creative Boom, and why she launched that, because of her love of what her creative friends were doing. She's going to talk about her sister company, Boomerang PR, how balancing the two uh, enables her to live well enough to, to to dedicate some time and where Creative Boom is going in the future. She's going to talk about how people approach, why some people are quieter than others, um, the balance between those Creative Boom finding people and being approached. So there's some really valuable stuff going on, and Kate is an awesome lady, super talented. Um, and she sat down to have a really frank and open conversation about her journey, about the relaunch after eight years of running this project. Um, it's been redesigned. It's launched now. It's out there. So go and take a look at the website. All the links in the show notes, as ever. Um, the whole brand rolled out across the website. Loads of awesome projects fe- featured. They're traveling to people overseas. They're, they're just a great go-to platform. And I'm not going to lie, I've found some of my podcast guests having come across their articles. Um, I think of Jane Boyer, Women in Print episode. I spotted that on Creative Boom and thought, wow, what an awesome, uh, what an awesome feature. I'd love to I'd love to dig some deeper in uh, in a different format and get her on the show. So there you have it. I've prattled on long enough. Thank you once again for checking back in in 2018. Thank you to my sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk. Go and check them out. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Katie Cowan from Creative Boom. So do you work, it looks like you work pretty broad with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've been going for a while. I mean, I got into um, running my own business when I was like 27 or something like that. Um, my husband was already working for himself. He, he had been kind of since uni. Um, we're both kind of rebellious. We don't like being told what to do. Um, and I was just lucky. I kind of bootstrapped into being a freelancer. Um, we, were, we weren't living in the city back then, so costs weren't so high and it yeah. was easier to do. Um, and yeah, just luckily fell into freelancing. Once my husband had told, you know, shown me how to you know, register with the inland revenue and do all those kind of things, mm. that kind of scary barrier yeah. of going from a kind of employer uh, employed mindset to a freelancer became quite you know mm. quite easy really and then I was doing really well I couldn't I couldn't believe it you know I couldn't believe yeah. my luck but then of course the recession happened and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I kind of got a really good taster of how difficult it could be yeah where's the interesting creativity come from we'll start with that I don't know, I guess, I guess like it probably started when I was a kid. Um, my mum always used to joke and say I was creative, darling. You know, like her, you know, <laughs> I, I, probably, I probably get it from her. You know, she was always really interested in art and design. Okay. And um, I always loved writing. I was always writing stories. Um, my mum's still got my first story that I wrote when I was about six or seven or something like that. It's quite dark, actually. It's about this little girl that goes to try and make friends with an angel. And um, the angel sort of says, you know, I can't be friends with you because I've got to go back up to heaven. And the little girl sort of says, well, why don't we, why don't we try and change that? And the, but it doesn't happen. You know, quite a kind of <laughs> simple story, but I thought it was quite interesting for someone who's only six Definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess I just always wanted to write. Um, I think the creativity has always been there. I mean, I grew up with a computer. Um, my dad always got quite interesting 
uh, like I think we started off with the ZX Spectrum and then we kind of moved on to a PC and I was always making animations and playing around with the, do you remember those kind of um, publishing um, templates that you could create your own like newspaper cover and oh, no, things like that? Oh, oh gosh, I was always stuck in the study upstairs, fascinated by my dad's computer and always playing on it and doing all these creative things and, and one of the things that I used to love doing and I'd spend two or three hours doing this I was really quite sad as a child um, but I'd make up my own stories and do my sort of magazine layouts and mm. come up even come up with a name for the newspaper nice. Um, nice and I think that's always been there and I suppose that's kind of led through to what I've done throughout my career it's it's that kind of enjoying that you know, the different things that come from being maybe a journalist or working mm. in PR, the variety, so you're never bored. Yeah. I always find it fascinating what people are into as kids, because I think it's really indicative of what where your heart's trying to lead you. Mm. But too many of us kind of get sidetracked, whether it's in education or, or whatever it is that tells us that that's, not, that's just something you do as a kid. I find that a, a critical mistake for a lot of people. And I guess I'm a lucky one that I'm either a little bit... Um, Maybe not growing up so much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or I see that as a positive thing, though. You know, it's like oh, I, yeah. I, I've never, I've never disconnected pleasure and profession. Yeah, me too. What I'm saying. Yeah, totally. And I think that kind of sentiment came from my upbringing as well, because I think my parents were always quite um, keen for me to do something that I loved for a mm. living. Um, so um, you know, obviously to try and get a vocation that would pay the bills, but to try and find carve that part of the universe out for myself mm. where. I would, I would be able to be creative and, and follow my passions. Um, and of course, I went to university to study journalism. I remember I went to my parents, I sort of had a chat with my dad and said, oh, I'm not really sure what to do. Should I go and do English? Which was kind of the, na- you know, the next natural step for me, I guess, because I love writing and I wanted to do something in journalism. Um, but then this journalism course came up at um, Preston and... I was chatting to my dad about it. I was like, oh, I'm not quite sure what to do. English was always the thing I was going to pursue. And my dad was like, well, you know, journalism might be helpful because it's a, it's a vocational course and it might mm. lead to something else. And I think at the time it was one of the best courses in the country. So I digged out my old um, uh, kind of um, system from, uh, what's it called? Um, gosh, I'm forgetting my words. Um, I basically created using the computer my own um, submission Um, so I did my own kind of newspaper layout to try and apply to this course where there was only 50 places and I called it the winning submission (laughs) there was a headline it was quite cheesy a headline about how Katie was going to be you know an ideal candidate for the course and Mm. I had a picture of myself and the main image and all the rest of it and I think that kind of helped me get get in there and and actually I'm, I'm glad I kind of listened to my dad because I think if I had just gone for something quite generic I wouldn't have had as much of a, a chance as mm. I had when I came out and graduated in journalism and it, it was broadcast journalism that I was qualified in and um, I got a job within about 12 months of, of leaving uni so you can't complain at that really. No it's good. Um, so that's kind of my background and um I worked very happily in radio for about five years and it was quite interesting running around with a microphone and interviewing lots of people and going to all these 
you know, breaking news stories, um, reading the news live on the air. That was that was quite an interesting time. Mm. Um, and then kind of fell into PR. Did you always um, did you always embrace the people side of things, or did it take? I mean, what were you like as a person? Were you confident? Did it, did you have to break any any kind of fears when talking to all these people that you would in journalism? I think I, I think I was quite generally a shy person, definitely, and I think that helped bring me out of my shell. Um, you were often thrown into very kind of um, challenging situations where you'd have to interview some, you know, quite important people, politicians, as an example. And um, yeah, you, you really were thrown in at the deep end, so it, it didn't do me any harm. That kind of five mm. years of, of radio really kind of created a foundation, I guess, for the next part of my career, which was to work mm. in PR, which was even more challenging, I would say. Yeah. Um, were you confident in, in who you were? I asked that because you, you seem to be now, at least, not, I don't know you very well, but you come across well. You come across as, a, as someone who's not trying to hide anything, as you, you being yourself. It, it also, it seems to me, uh, from what we've met so far, <laughs> did you always have that, or was that something that you, again, because it, it certainly took me a long time to really embrace all the weird quirks and all the things that make, I guess my work as an illustrator unique as an artist, but yeah. it, that does take some experience and listening to how people respond to you before you grasp it. How do you feel in that respect? I think when you're in your 20s, when you've just graduated, you kind of, well, it's certainly in my experience, you kind of go through life a little bit on autopilot. You don't really kind of think, stop and think. You just kind of do. Mm. You just think you've got a life plan and you know that you want to be a journalist and you know that you're enjoying things at that time. Yeah. In hindsight, I guess you look back and you think, did you know? Did I really have a clue about who I was or what I wanted to be? Mm. And I think it's all been really kind of, it's just all happened quite naturally. So yeah. when journalism came to an end, it was kind of the right time for me to find the next challenge. I think I'd kind of got to the stage where I'd done everything I felt possible with radio and mm. I was bored. And so that was the kind of motivator to move on to the next thing. Um, but it's only been really in the last kind of, I'd say, 10 years, my, my 30s, that I've really started to be more um, aware of myself mm. and, and how I'm sort of putting myself out there in the world. And yeah. I think 20s are always kind of quite haphazard and you, oh, make, yeah. you make a lot of mistakes and <laughs> you probably annoy a hell of a lot of people. And I don't know... You, you know, I kind of cringe at some of the, the things I've done and said when I was in my 20s and you sometimes wish you could go back but do it all again. But, you know, it, in a way, if, if it wasn't for those kind of moments in your life, then you wouldn't be where you are now, you wouldn't be progressing. Well, yeah, because how would you have parameters and how could you... How could you, you, need, you need some criteria to, to understand who you are now. And then yeah. if, you don't have, if you don't do all that and make those mistakes or say them embarrassing things, whatever it is then how else could you know, you know, that's, that's what informs it, so, yeah, so, so it's kind of a, yeah, I, I don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I used to feel the same way, I kind of, now I, I find it kind of funny, I kind of drag them into the limelight and write them up in short stories and stuff like that, and kind yeah. of really make sure I, I kind of have to live by them now, and it makes sense to the big picture and where we are now, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think I've probably, I mean, the, the biggest difference is I think I've probably chilled out a lot, and in my 30s and a yeah, um, bit of a bull in the chi china shop in my 20s kind of a little bit socially inept um I, I think the nicest thing about getting older is that you obviously just feel more comfortable in your own skin and 
you, you, I think, yeah, it's true. You do know yourself more, and you, I think you forgive yourself a lot more, and you kind of become. I've certainly made peace with myself, and I've become friends with me. If that yeah, makes sense. It's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 I think I think it's a healthy thing, and very important if you're in the creative industries. I think I think it mm. is because that's your arm. That's that's your identity, isn't it? You exactly. Know? And that's what we love. Surely, what we all love as artists is like we like an eccentric. We like someone who's got some. You can be quiet, you can be shy, it doesn't matter, it's not about being brash, but if you've got some kind of identity, then people do remember you, don't they? And, and, yeah. and, and buy into that. Absolutely. It? It's like trying to find that nice balance between taking the best of yourself from your 20s, maybe, your character, your personality, yeah. but without kind of annoying people. A bit of editing in your 30s, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of self-editing, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, so tell us about the origins of Creative Boom and how did that get going? Well, um, so I went from journalism into PR, and I worked for a PR agency in Manchester, who I'm still in contact with, they're a great agency, and um, I just kind of, I, th- I kind of just fell into freelancing, there was an opportunity to go and work for myself, and so that happened naturally, and then of course the recession happened in 2008, and at the time I was very active on Twitter, kind of made loads of friends who were freelancing as well, which was great. You didn't feel like you were on your own when you were stuck in your, you know, spare bedroom at home on your laptop. And um, I guess, I know, I know to bring it up again, but it goes back to making those um, front page newspapers on my dad's computer when I was a kid. It was like, do you know what? I've lost a lot of work overnight. The recession's really affected me. Um, I've got all this spare time on my hands. It'd be so nice if I could bring that kind of journalism, that passion for writing mm. and my interest in art and design and creativity and merge it with what I've learned from PR and like help myself, obviously, um, but also help all my friends that I've made on Twitter and say, oh, do you know what? I'm going to make this magazine and I'm going to write about your art and I'm going to talk about your photography and we're going to call it Creative Boom <laughs> because we're going to you know try and create a an industry buzz a boom mm. and it was just as simple as that I was actually on holiday with my husband Tom and I just sat bolt upright on my sun lounger because I've been thinking about all these things as you do when you've finally got that chance to sort of think about right what's my next plan of attack how am I going to make my um, work better how am I going to get through this recession how am I going to win new clients and I just sat upright and said right when we get home I'm going to do this and that's what happened and it, so it just sort of came about from that kind of drive that mm. passion to do something that I love for a, you know but also help others um, and also just try and sort of you know make the best of the skills and, and experience that I had at that time um, yeah. so it was very kind of spur of the moment thing it wasn't really sort of thought out too much I just came up with a name like that and yeah. Went from there. And then shaped it. Yeah. Moving forward, so there were no parameters in terms of genre, disciplines or anything like that. It was just interesting creative content. Yeah, it was very kind of, it was very um, organic, I guess. It was just, I want to write about that, so I'll throw on a section about art. I want to write about graphic design, so I'll include that. And then mm. back then, I mean, I think I tried to include everything and it was quite a task but then I did have a lot more time on my hands to sort of dedicate mm. to it um, and over the years it's naturally evolved to be a bit more streamlined and a bit more kind of easier to look after yeah. <laughs> but I think back then you, you know you're sort of like I mean gosh I was 
you know, 28, 29 years old, loads of energy, loads mm. of passion, and just really wanted to do something different and interesting. Yeah. Was there ever any, did, did you ever consider or have any ambition of making it a print magazine? Because just over the last few years, I've noticed magazines like Design Week and Digital Arts have now entirely transitioned to being a, a digital platform. And, yeah. And in, in a lot of respects, have really it flourished because of the, the amount of content they can now produce, I guess, more cost-effectively. Yeah. Um, did, did you have, have any, any ambitions? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Um, but just never really had the chance. I mean, mm. it's not something I'd rule out. We, we have like talked about maybe doing an annual mm. publication of some kind. That would be really nice in future. That would be cool. But I think online's just always been good to us, so... Yeah, we've never really had to. <clears throat> excuse me, we've never really had to, you know, think of other mediums really. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, Creative Review recently went uh, bi-monthly. Yeah. You know, a lot of them now don't have a, a print press thing. It seems that it's becoming more of a. It's probably still as treasured. It's just not as disposable now. It's now become mm-hmm. like say a, a journal or an annual. Or, I mean, it's something that you can treasure and kind of really keep there as a, as a coffee table thing. I guess it has to be more thought, more thought through now because it's not as abundant as it once was and people don't buy magazines and consume their media like they used to. Well, when I was at university, um, we had obviously three years of, of journalism and, and the final year we got the choice to either go into print, broadcast or um, this new kind of wacky thing at the time, online. And there were kind of, I think out of the 50 people, there might have been maybe nine people that decided they were going to do online. Mm. And there was, you know, amongst the other students, quite a kind of mockery of them because nobody believed at the time. And this is like, you know, 1999, yeah. 2000, something like that. Um, nobody believed at the time that the internet was going to be the, the thing that, journalists would have to embrace and, and would become kind of the mainstream mm. so it's been really interesting to see how that's evolved in the last you know gosh you know however many years one want to say um and and how like yeah print has kind of not died but it's just as you say it's changed in that yeah. it's, it's almost a support something now isn't it i mean yes. it, it seems that a lot of the primary channel would you agree that the primary channel of how people now consume the kind of creative news is is the internet is online. I think in the creative industries, from what I've seen over the last eight years, I think the pe- the kind of people that would read Creative Boom and, and other publications similar, they're always going to want to buy printed um, materials, printed magazines. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean that I've, that I think has been the case because there's nothing nicer than holding something physical. Yeah. And and being able to smell the, the fresh print. Um, I think that's why books have done very well in recent years for various artists mm. and illustrators because you'll still want that kind of physical yeah. publication, but it's just I think, like you say, it's it's maybe not so regular. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of quality over quantity. Yes, and it's striking a balance now, isn't it? As well, mm. it's because um, it's not it's not you know I guess budgets have shrunk, so that's that's yeah. that's part of it now readerships suppose have gone down in some degrees yeah it's the immediacy of it as well isn't it it's the fact that you know i think oh god i need a bit of inspiration i'm going to look for some cool hand lettering or some cool photography and then i guess the first thing is just to go straight to the internet now to on your on your mobile or whatever else so it's good to be there at that point of contact well web design's evolved so much now as well it's almost as good as the well if not in some cases better than the printed mm-hmm. version and um 
you know, that's been really nice to see. It was, it was quite interesting. The BBC were showing off how their own news website has evolved over the last 10 years. And yeah. It's, it, it seems insane to me to, to look at, oh my goodness, that was only 10 years ago. And God, yeah. It looks so old-fashioned and look how far it's yeah. come. Even two, three years ago, I'm a big sports fan. I remember going on Sky Sports News, one of the primary channels. Their, web, their mobile website was awful. It was just, you know, when it just kind of breaks down into this into this uh, discombobulated menu and it's all over the place and there's images not loading up. It's still like that, like three years ago or something. It's pretty streamlined now, but like you say, it's taken time for some people to grasp that that's really quite important now. Yeah, it's true. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, I mean, and, and even now, the, you know, when working in, in with my company, Boomerang, you know, the, the people that we come across that still don't, place us you know an importance on their website it it just it seems like we're still very much in the kind of early early days of of what's capable of the mm. internet really oh without a doubt i think we're gonna yeah, keep seeing fast developments for yeah. sure so speaking of and how was how about the relaunch what was the what was the thinking there was it something you needed something you wanted to do to make a statement yeah i, I think like it goes back to just wanting to always improve and um, try and sort of put the best of yourself out there. I mean, it it just changes so fast. It's it's a case of keeping up and trying to stay relevant. Um, when you're sort of writing for the creative industries, you kind of got to appreciate that they'll want the best of you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they want hope. You know, from what I've learned from speaking to people, they want something nice to browse, and yeah. it's it's so important to have good user experience. And yeah. And so I think it was a combination of wanting to stay ahead of the times and just wanting to just be the best we can be really at this at this stage. Yeah. Because the old site was looking tired and gosh, I mean, we've come a long way. I mean, I, I was actually looking at some of the old web designs um, yesterday and, you know, you cringe and you think, goodness, did, did we really put that out? But, you know... <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a it, that, that's... That's one of the things I love about the internet. You know, mm. it you really are putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, and there's nowhere to hide. You know, um, it's it's like something that's always evolving, and I kind of really buzz off that. You know, you just mm. think, gosh, how can I now improve and get better? And, oh, it's incredibly exciting when it's yeah. especially when it's yours and you've built from the ground up, and and certainly in your story, coming from a point of adversity with a recession, uh, you know, cutting off opportunities in one area, but actually responding positively to that and building something that's really quite impressive you know it's uh, you, you know i think it is great to look back and see the progression on that i think i've been very lucky um, i think it was kind of a right place right time um, it was when you could pretty much put stuff out there and there wasn't much to compete with mm. um, and it was before um, social media really started pulling their socks up and saying right if you want to reach this audience or build followers then you're going to have to pay for it so mm-hmm. I think we were just just really really lucky but uh, when people say that i always think you were you were there were obviously some part of it was open to seeing the opportunity in front of you as well you know okay right place right time but that happens to a lot of people that just but they're just not in a position already to see haven't grown enough to see the opportunity that is staring them in the face you know so i'm always i'm always i always kind of try to wrestle when people say look i always try and look for the counter argument because i think you you've obviously worked very hard to do it you know and have a good eye on it so yeah, yeah it has been a lot of hard work <laughs> yeah a lot of um yeah I mean, in the early days, I used to, you know, I remember Tom saying, you come into bed, you know, I'd still be working on it <laughs> sometimes at one o'clock oh, at yeah. night on a Saturday. You know, it, it, it was, I was just so passionate about it. I just mm-hmm. believed in it so much. I just 
really thought it, it, again it just comes from that what do you want to do with your life what do you want yeah. to do for a living you want to do something you love I love writing I love helping people I love yeah. to, you know looking at the creative industries as a whole um, so for me it doesn't feel like work it's just this is like a little hobby it's like you know sort of shutting myself away in my dad's study again and working on the computer and making my own animations and going back to that kind of mm. it's that wonderful feeling isn't it when it lights you up inside and you do get yeah. that passion of something it's kind of a god if there's ever a time to put the hours in and do that then you mm. have to it's then because that's where that energy comes from yeah i'm weird i mean i used to love doing homework you know i used to love that it was an opportunity to go away hide, hide myself away from the world um sit at my desk with my cozy little desk lamp mm. and just focus and, and i think creative boom is yeah, feels a little bit like so that kind of yeah, that that kind of homework vibe, <laughs> very very odd kind of thing. But um, so yeah, um, it's it's definitely a, a labour of love, and I think when we launched it that Monday, um, I was pacing up and down the room. I was absolutely, I've never felt so anxious in all my life. It was mm. we we've like done redesigns before and it was nothing like this version because I don't think we've ever had this much audience and so much at stake well that's how it kind of felt yeah um, and the planning that went into the launch the list that I had of the, of the jobs and the things that we, we had to do that day it was it felt like NASA space station <laughs> <laughs> I was just like oh my god I'm freaking out and I, I literally I the adrenaline I, I, it was really nice actually there's a really nice guy who works for form 55 called luke luke tong and he sort of said to me afterwards you know these kind of things you you never really appreciate how much adrenaline will you know because they've recently gone through a relaunch mm. and their website's looking amazing and um i i, I kind of thought no I, I won't feel that way i'll be fine it's just a it's just a website but yeah, yeah it was just crazy how <laughs> And then that night, I think I slept for about 15 hours because it had just been this whole build-up for a, a month. The anxiety, the worries, it, are people going to like it? Yeah. Because there were quite a few changes that were made, so... Mm. Um, people get used to a certain interface, don't they? So, yes. So like changes, you people don't you. like change. No. They don't. Um, but for the most part, unless people are lying, we've had loads of really nice feedback and Brilliant. people really like the, the personality that we've thrown in there which was something I was really adamant had to have mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's been it's yeah. been good it's great, it's a great interface I found it very clean, nice, easy to navigate looks great, personally I love it yeah, I think it's great Great. Um, so where do you, so what's your place, what's your place in the industry do you, do you where, how do you see Creative Boom's role um, I kind of see it as this I know, like this warm hug, you know, just a kind of supportive, reassuring thing that exists that, say, like you're a freelancer working from home and you might be a bit isolated. It's, it's always, I've always intended it to be like an old friend mm. that knows what you're going through and wants to sort of make your work life as easy and as wonderful as it can be, you know. I think that's why we kind of, when we sat down, I, I basically hired this designer called Samantha Wilkinson, um, who's just going freelance actually. Um, and I sat down with her and I said, I really want this new brand to kind of portray that kind of feeling, that kind of 
feeling of warmth. Mm -hmm. And so we started playing around with a few ideas. And um, it was actually Samantha that came up with the ideas for the eyes, for the icon. Um, really playful. Um, she had this idea that they would move left and right when you scrolled. And they would just be these really kind of cute little subtle elements like the favicon being half asleep if you weren't on the tab active on the page. Cool. And I just thought, you know what, it, it could be a little bit cheesy, but I actually think because it's so simple, I think we'll get away with it. Mm -hmm. So where Creative Boom stands, I suppose, in the industry, I, I really hope that, that that's how it's portrayed. Um, I'd love to do so much more. We all would. We'd, we'd love to sort of do events and do workshops and gosh, it would just be great to get involved with, mm. um, you know, you know, more kind of universities and just help, help the sort of, um, help all those who are sort of starting out in the industry that little bit more. I mean, there's so much that we could do. Um, it's just deciding what to do next, really. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just hope people see us as a warm yeah. kind of support system. Really. There, is a, there is a warmth about it. I remember um, before I met you, I remember you guys featured my book in a list of top 10. I think it was books for illustrators starting out or designers, I forget which, but I was made up. I, I clicked on the article just to look. They definitely didn't expect mine to be in there. He was like, oh, right. cool, see what's going on. Scrolled down, Lan's in there. I was like, whoa, like, Laura, <laughs> come and look at this. Like, really nice moment. But it's, it's, there's, there's just a warmth. I don't know whether it's the language you use, the way the site's design. I don't really, I don't actually really care what it is. It's, just, it's there, and that's, what's, that's what matters, I think. So I certainly think it's there from a, from a consumer point of view, someone who's a regular you know, on the site. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's so. nice. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's really difficult to bring that across. Mm. But like, you know, I mean, I guess in the creative industries, it can, it can feel like you're on show and you, you might be being judged in a way or, yeah. um, you know, uh, because there's so much good work out there and oh, some God. amazing artists and designers. Yeah, so much. I mean, you know, we, our work is always on show and, you know, the design industry can be a little bit critical at times. Um, so it's trying to step away from that. It's trying to say, look at what this person's doing. And mm -hmm. they might not necessarily be at the top of their game, um, yeah. although we share both established and emerging. But, you know, let's support this person because they're just starting out and yeah. they're doing some interesting work. And Yeah, yeah even if there's just a glimmer of something in there, I think it's really worth... It's really important, I, I think. I don't like. I don't. I, I really don't like that side that you mentioned about being critical. When I see it go on, it really pisses me off. You know, when you see people really just lambasting a certain logo design, yeah. and everyone's jumping on it, and it's like, well, fuck off. Somebody believed in that. You know, exactly. like, I, I kind yeah. of okay. I get it. I mean, the, I love having a good discussion in a debate, and I, and, yeah. and, and I, I think it's really honest. And when it's constructive, of course, it's got to be constructive. Or behind closed doors, even. But very much so. Yeah, don't, you know, it's that whole keyboard warrior uh, thing that I hate. It's like. I always think if you would have that conversation with the person who's had who's designed that logo in to their face, great, say yeah. it, put it out there, that's fine. But if you wouldn't and you would shrivel, then yep. don't bother because that's cowardice. You know, that's just taking advantage of the fact you're hidden behind the keyboard. So. Well, at the end of the day, we don't know what the process was. We no. don't know what the client's input was. You know, we don't we don't know the process. No. So to to judge and criticise, yeah, so scathingly and on social media exactly. is kind of a little unfair. I think so. I think there are good ways to do it. I love an open debate. I think it's really important in all yeah. walks of life. But 
Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It's, there's, there's ways to do it, and I think people can just be very throwaway and unnecessary about the way they just kind of lash yeah. out, I suppose. That's why we've always tried to stay really positive. Yeah. Um, because I think I think negativity is is a is a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it can it can really make or break somebody's confidence, their career. Oh my god, yeah. Um, so I, I mean, somebody was asking me the other day, has Twitter been good to us? Because Twitter's had a bad rap lately for the fact that you know people are very vocal on there and you know there's all sorts of terrible things going on politically um people being singled out it it can be a terrible platform in that case but i think for us twitter's always been really really good yeah because we just don't engage or put out anything negative Mm -hmm. you know we've always just tried to be really upbeat and positive and supportive it's, that's right. There's no need for it. I mean, um, you know, I I was I can't remember who said it, but I always stayed with me. As I remember someone saying, "Never underestimate the, the the power you give someone by believing in them." And I think it's true. It's yeah. we've all been in a position where we've got a shoddy portfolio coming out of uni or college or whatever oh else, God, and yeah. finding our feet. Hell, where does anyone start? But you know, it's like I'll just as happily. I mean, I run podcasts, and I'll happily feature someone who's still in uni. I've had, I've had students. I've had a ten-year-old kid on my podcast who was, who was flogging Disney cartoons at school. Great. I thought it was a great story, and, and and I just think that a little bit of belief you might put in someone could, you know, three, four years down the line, however long, when they get find their path, their activation points. It's you know, it's just people kind of go on to become great, and even if they don't, so what? Like, be positive, try and look for the good stuff in what they're doing. I've right? still got friends on Twitter that I've been in touch with since. I went freelance um, before Creative Boom and mm. I still chat to them and it's just brilliant, you know, um, like I've just recently featured somebody's work actually, a designer called Paul Johnson, he and I have been chatting on Twitter for the last eight years, mm. I don't think we've ever met in person but, um, you know, there's loads of, loads of friends and, and contacts that I've made over the years and it's just really nice to see that they're still following Creative Boom, they still yeah. send me nice messages and I, I get so much job satisfaction out of that element, you know, mm-hmm. knowing when you get an email from someone saying, oh, you featured me on the site three or four years ago, would it be nice, would it be okay to do an update or, you know, you just, it, it's just so nice to be able to be part of that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it can be a really warm industry can't it, sometimes and it is nice to be in a central, yeah. central place to provide that. How do you um, stay abreast of what's going on and, and you've got grad shows and things like that and... Yeah, sometimes um, if I get the chance, it's not always easy because um, I also obviously run a PR firm yeah. um, called Boomerang. Um, <laughs> seem to like the word boom. I don't. I don't know why. Um, but um, yeah, I just um, I tr- basically because of my PR background and my journalism background, I'm, I'm lucky in that I know how the two kind of work in the back in in the background. Um, so um, we kind of very early on got in touch with pretty much every art organisation design studio illustration agency and just said we're here we need your news send us your press releases tell us what you're up to so we've got this really nice kind of you know system ecosystem going on where we, we keep informed from the industry and we keep abreast that way but um, over the years you kind of learn about you know regular annual events mm. and you know, it's quite. It's been quite a, like humbling experience actually to to be able to learn so much about the creative industries and, and know when things are happening. So then we kind of 
plan around that accordingly. So we have an editorial calendar and we kind of tap into things that we know are coming up. So I think Pantone are sort of launching their colour of the year this Friday, mm. 1st of December. Yeah, I think that's happening then. So we, we're planning content around that and yeah, you, you just kind of get get better as you go along really. Yeah. It's, it's not easy because there's so many different aspects, you know, art, graphic design are two completely... Completely. Hugely. Oh, a lot to manage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you do your best, but we have like a team of writers now, so that helps. And, Brilliant. Yeah. And it's three of you at the core. Hmm? Is it three of you at the core of Creative Boom? Yeah, absolutely. So we have developer, a designer, um, there's myself, the editor, and then in actual fact four of us. There's our assistant editor, Laura, and then we have a team of writers as well that we employ on a freelance basis so works yeah. works really well nice yeah. now how do you find how do you find people in, in terms of putting themselves forward i'm thinking more of individu- individuals and independents i'm always quite curious because there's so much great work out there but then there's always that modesty or that slightly quiet natured people who are not quite confident enough to put it forward and say do something with this i've always yeah. been quite robust because I, I, I love it i love any any kind of feature just gives me a great buzz and a great pat on the back you know to keep doing interesting work but you're right you are right there's an element of that you know the people who are good at PRing themselves are probably more likely going to get featured and going to get picked mm. up by magazines like us um, for me yeah there might be a book launch so we've just interviewed Noma Barr he's got a new book out called Bittersweet so that was an opportunity to interview him um, but then sometimes you might just get people coming forward and saying I've you know, just released this new project. It would be great to mm. be interviewed, and and I love their kind of you know forward nature. It's great because you sort of think, oh yeah, no, I wouldn't have thought about this person. So yeah, it does help to from a kind of you know creative perspective to be a bit more kind of um, to not be afraid to put yourself out there um, because you are going to get more of a chance of being featured on these yeah. magazines. But um, you know, we don't we don't just sort of follow that remedy it's kind of we might go on Instagram and spot somebody's work mm-hmm. we might see something in another magazine and think oh that would be really interesting we should cover that too or it yeah. might be it might be literally somebody putting us in touch with somebody else and saying oh have you seen this person's work you should really so yeah. it, can, it can be quite organic it's not really kind of as well thought out as I'd hope it's just kind of oh I've spotted your work on Twitter can I yeah. interview you but that's the good thing isn't it even even if it's not going as far as kind of directly contacting you but just the fact that you, you might share I think in particular the sort of more personal stuff and I, I was, I've got a few instances early on when I would do these bizarre off the wall projects really quite personal to make, make a studio friend laugh or whatever it yeah, was yeah. and to my surprise it would get picked up by you know national press and journals and other magazines um, such as yourselves have you, had any, have you got any good instances of kind of very personal or very off the wall projects like that that you've picked up and loved and the person's maybe been a little surprised that the world wanted to see this um gosh i think that's happened quite a few times i'm just trying to think of something quite recent oh man (laughs) might need you might need to edit this bit (laughs) (laughs) um i think we spotted um there was a really nice artist called Jessica Dance who does this kind of knitted, um, she does these knitted artworks. Um, we found that she was doing like um, a few kind of editorial um, kind of artworks for, I think it was Stylist magazine. 
and it was entitled Comfort Food. And she basically knitted these beautiful um, felted sausages and baked beans and plates and mugs and everything. So that was really popular. Um, I don't know, it, it, we do it all the time. We'll, we'll see something that is on Behance or Instagram. I think those are my two go-tos actually now, Behance or Instagram yeah. for finding projects. And, and then it will just be a kind of, oh my goodness, we've seen this project, we love it. Can we kind of feature it? And then you might chat to the person and they might actually be really interesting. There might be another story there. So then it turns into an interview. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, gosh, you're spotting things all the time. I'm just trying to think, what, Laura, what, what things have we seen recently, like projects that have stood out? There's so many. There's so many. That's really difficult to but it's, choose. It, it, it's amazing because I love that I'm, I'm sort of running my own PR firm, but I also still get to have that journalism buzz mm-hmm. that I really kind of miss. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I started Creative Bean. Does, does that balance, is that balance a really important factor in, in respect to you've got the PR thing going on? Um, does that give you freedom then within Creative Boom to be more playful and to, and to maybe take more chances in that respect? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for Creative Boom for many years was kind of like a little side project, a hobby, but in recent years it's become something of its own, in its own mm. right, you know. Um, but at the same time, Boomerang is doing well, so it's kind of like I, I, I cannot... I cannot sort of lose either one. They're, they're both, they've both got so much potential mm. at the moment. Um, but one feeds the other and, and vice versa because some of our clients benefit from having, you know, us having Creative Boom, for instance. Absolutely. Um, we, we've seen to, over the last two or three years, picked up more and more creative brands. Um, and, and the thing that I've really enjoyed the most about Creative Boom over the years is that it allows us to test things out. So I, I actually weirdly don't see the two as separate. They're kind of very, um, they work in a sort of nice little ecosystem. Yeah. Um, it's a side project that's become a business, but it's still a passion, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm very lucky, and I don't think I could give up either. Yeah. I really couldn't, because I love the PR. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love working for clients, and I, I, get, I get that buzz when I win a new client or a new project. or. Mm-hmm. You know, we might get our client into a really big newspaper or something. There's there's that kind of passion there, and PR can be so creative. But Creative Boom's wonderful because it's doing something, it's giving something back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also well, it's it, it, it's just turned into a business in itself. So it's it, it, it's a very kind of interesting time at the moment because it's how we we've kind of reached this point where it's like, where do we go from here? Type thing. We're at a really nice sweet spot and I'm super excited about how they're going to evolve in the next 12 months. Mm. And you feel like the creative industry is in a good place right now? I think so, yeah. I think, I think with Brexit and everything that's happening, I haven't really noticed, I'm not getting any, and I thought I would, I'm not getting any kind of inkling that 2008's happening all over again. I mean, that was a completely different scenario, a completely different time. Um, if anything it feels really vibrant and, and busy. I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you get the same kind of... I think it's good. I think it, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Um, I'd like to see more of that coming into advertising, um, mm. industries like that. I think, I think you know, you pick up uh, any, any creative journal, you go on your website on Creative Boom and there's so many 
awesome stuff just this morning on the homepage. Four or five articles I could have sat and read in their entirety. You know, you, yeah. sometimes you can't get past the homepage. There's that much good stuff, but I'd just like to see a little bit more of it breaking through into kind of um, the upper end, the biggest, the bigger stuff, the mainstream stuff, the film posters, things like that. Mm-hmm. I feel there's a lack of risk at the minute in 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 some sectors. You know, you go to home, for example, or uh, any other independent cinema and you see awesome movie posters there's a real lust for that again at the minute and book covers but then you go to Odeon for example and you're confronted with a lot of A-list mug shots with a digital background it's personal beef of mine but I feel like I just feel like we need to f- uh, fight our corners a little bit more and, and just, just have that conversation more with our clients and not be so kind of briefed and just accept what they want. it's become a little bit want. more conservative I feel there's a little bit of sterility, years. yeah. I feel, I feel like we, we could do with a little bit more people who fight for their passionate ideas and not be pig-headed or refuse what the client because it's always about negotiation. But so it's about the creative fighting back. I think so. I think, yeah, I think um, I was talking to Jane Boyer who I know you featured through women in print before and yeah. that's where I first came across her work on Creative Boom and she's, um, great. she's awesome yeah and she was saying about you know about uh, sometimes people having a few more principles in jobs and saying no to certain things that we see going on in agencies on mainstream products or projects and whatever that is and I think I do think we've got a lot of strong characters intelligent people working in the industry now and I think we have a, a sort of a responsibility to fight for you know just fight making sure that we're making the most of all these awesome creative talents and letting them have their I think this is quite interesting because it brings up this theme that kind of seems to be running through my life at the moment Um, and um, it's quite interesting I've talked to quite a few creatives as well and it's something that they're quite passionate about and it's that kind of old word of that old kind of it's it's basically integrity Mm -hmm. Um, and I interviewed Noma Barr recently and we were talking about this and I was sort of asking him what's worked for him over the years and he said just to sort of do good work and and um, be yourself and stick to your guns and realise that it's not just about making money mm-hmm. um, you know Anthony Burrell who we recently interviewed as well very similar sort of thing you've, you've kind of got to stick to your beliefs stick to what you, you're um, passionate about um, yeah. and don't allow the money to dictate the creativity yes. um, you know every year around about this time of year I always try and come up with not a resolution for the new year but a word that might be a theme for the following year that I can sort of stick to and this year was all about confidence um, you know confidence in myself confidence in my work confidence in everything that we're sort of putting out there Um, next year I'm kind of thinking it might either be balance or it might be integrity because it's important to remind ourselves that actually you know, at the end of the day, it's it's tempting to sort of go down one path, yeah. but you you can lose yourself and you can forget what's important in life. And it, you know, again, I suppose it goes back to that question, that chat with my dad before uni. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Should I go for the go for the money, or shall I, you know, follow and do what I love? Yeah. Um, and uh, what I've found over time is that the two don't always have to be exclusive. If you hold out long enough for your values and work hard and you have that belief. Mm. The money can come if you carve out a strong enough identity that becomes yours and recognised. Exactly. That's when you know you start to win. It's like, yeah, you know, not that I don't want my own trumpet. I'll talk about me, but it, just early on, it was I, I understood. I got an inkling that this stuff uh, that didn't feel good about, but was paying quite well, was had to be. It had to have a purpose. It had to be a means to an end. It had to feed the bigger picture. If I suddenly made that my lot and thought, oh, I can make loads of money from that, let's fill up the portfolio, very quickly lose happiness because I wasn't feeling good about it. 
yeah. but it's very easy to go down that road when you're when when you're just getting by and you're just starting as a freelancer. There, of course, there's pressures and it's easy to do that. And I did it occasionally, but but in the end, you know, I always kept that fair portion of the personal work in there that I believed in. And it's about balance, isn't it? Of I mean, it's about when balance. we all start out, we're always going to have to work for clients that we might not necessarily believe in. And, mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we've got to pay the bills and Completely. the mortgage and. Um, but if you can get to that sweet spot where you can pick and choose who you work with, yeah. which is not an easy feat, you know, it's no. not um, something that, you know, comes overnight. Absolutely not. Um, but if, you know, if you kind of, I mean, I mean, and also, I guess when you're younger and you're just starting out, you, you don't really kind of start to think about this so much. You, you, you're kind of thinking, right, well, gosh, I need to earn some money and and all the rest of it and then when you things start to subside when things start to settle and you get into a nice kind of rhythm that's when you start to think well actually I need some decent work on my portfolio here and mm-hmm. um, we interviewed Emily Forgot recently and she was sort of saying the same thing um, you've got to do work that you're proud of and, and as a creative because it's so visual um, it's got to be work that you know will lead on to other things. You've got to align yourself with people and brands that you believe in and are passionate about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and sometimes that might mean um, not taking on projects and saying no. Um, saying no has been something that I've found has helped me enormously in recent years. It's not always easy because sometimes you have this big check being waved in mm. front of your face, but. I suppose at the end of the day, you you have to think about what's more important: the yeah. the having more money in your pension or having integrity. Mm. Now I'm like thinking, am I doing the wrong thing? You do. You do. Someone said to me only a couple of years ago um, that saying no can be just as important as take well, you know what you take on. So yeah. I've never found I haven't found anything yet to to contradict that. But, yeah. You know, I've I've had to say no a lot more in recent years because things have got busy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a really positive place to be. But. Um, but yeah, you know, you make the right, the right calls and turn stuff down again. It's just editing, isn't it? Self-editing. Self-editing. You have to do it. Yeah, mm. otherwise you just never stop. Nope, that's it. Well, that sounds like really exciting times yeah. on the horizon anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, for you guys. Yeah, Thank any you. big plans? Or is, is the website launch, are you, are you, you know, is it now move forward and see what comes next? Yeah, I think, I think, I feel like we've got to this stage where you know, we've got the design right, the contents right, you know, we, we really know our audience inside out now as it stands. Um, I, I feel like we're well known, we've got really good relationship with the industry. Um, yeah, I mean, we're always going to be looking at ways to to improve and change and grow. Um, we're just going to sort of let the dust settle on this new design and, and see where it takes us next. Obviously, we've got loads of plans for the um, icon for the eyes. Um, we're thinking of lots of really nice little details on certain days, like in Valentine's Day. It mm. might wink and it might, you know... Very cool. On Monday mornings, it might, like, look a little bit hungover, perhaps. Just to really... I mean, it's so nice, to be honest, to just have this, this brand that's evolved and we now are very confident mm. in and we feel we really know who we are and how, where we stand. Um, it's... Like okay, great. We've got this great foundation. What what's next? And yeah, I'm really excited about it. Brilliant. Mm. Well, last question. I ask everyone to call the shark in the tank. And if it's a marmite <laughs> question, ask them for a love and a hate, or it can be a positive and a negative uh, about. I'm going to say within the creative industries, it's quite it's very broad. 
but that's the world you're in. So something, I guess, about the world, about creative boom and the work you do. Um, okay, um, so ooh, let's think about this. <laughs> well, I suppose we've always supported creatives. I'm really passionate about helping people be the best they can be. Um, so I think there's a real love for helping others um, and seeing support in the creative industries as well. I, you know, the, the smile on, on my face when I see everybody like retweeting an interview with someone or they're like, oh, you should check out this person's work because it's great. That, that to me is just the best thing mm -hmm. in the world. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't articulate how much I love that aspect of creative boom and everything we do. But I think a hate would probably be how I feel, I feel that brands can sometimes um, take advantage and take for granted um, these creative freelancers, these creative people. I would love to see um, more of a respect for their time um, and their skills and their expertise. Um, I don't like to see people being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot still, even today. Um, which is, you know, one of one of the reasons why I started Creative Boom in the first place, just to sort of help people understand their worth and their value, show them how to invoice pre professionally, you know, survive in the creative industries. Basically, I, that's, I mean, yeah, that that's something I, I feel really like angry about. Actually, and I think there's a lot of that sentiment, yeah, and rightly so, definitely. because people do take it. There's always been, there always has been that. You know, people see it differently to other industries, whether it's parents discouraging a child to, you know, maybe not go and study a creative subject or, yeah, you know, exactly. or like you say, businesses. Oh, come on, you get loads of exposure, all the classic cliches we get used to yeah. hearing. It is very disrespectful. And surely now, 2017, the world around us, God, we must be able to recognise that this is a specialist, you know, something you have to work hard for. I think it's changing, though. I really do. I think, I think creativity is definitely it's definitely seen as more important than ever before. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you can see that change happening. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, the creative industries have grown so much since I started Creative Boom, in, just in the UK mm -hmm. and seeing it elsewhere as well. It's a very exciting time to be a creative person. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, as long as we can see that continuing to improve and get the respect it deserves, then... I'm going to be a happy, happy bunny, really. Definitely. Well, I think you've got a really important role in doing that. Yeah. Really, and the great work you guys are doing. So congrats on the, on the relaunch. Thank you. And thanks so much for your time. No, thanks, Ben. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to Kate for sitting down and taking the time at their studio in Manchester. Um, they're doing some awesome work. They're a growing platform and they're fantastic. And I think they're doing something different to, to the other creative blogs, which is awesome because then it's not really a rivalry, it's everyone doing their thing and you'll notice a lot of coming together in that world in the industry. I went and did some judging last year at the DNAD Awards and I bumped into Nick Carson from Computer Arts, I bumped into Tom, the editor at Design Week and it's great because they all know each other and they're all mates and they're all strengthening our industry. So go and share your work, see if you can get some nice features out there. Hit the guys up over at Creative Boom because they're very friendly people and they've got a broad remit for all the creative disciplines they're showcasing. Uh, so go and do it. Do it now. Have a look. Um, cheers for checking in. Thank you to the ongoing support from the Association of Illustrators. They uh, have just launched the World Illustration Awards 2018 call for entries, so go and get your work in. Um, that's open now, and I think it's early February that it closes, so I need to go and do that this afternoon myself. 
Um, just got a puppy in, guys. Just got a puppy in. I don't know if that was a good move, but I'm knackered. Um, but he's awesome and he's rewarding and he's worth it. So mm, I don't know why I chose to mention that, but I'm just kind of hanging a little bit today. Bags under my eyes. I'm recording this from home, working from home to keep an eye on the little bugger. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to plaster him on social but uh, he's a little beauty and it's a whole new dynamic so there will be a studio mascot and a rest on the mix border terrier mascot coming up soon so there you have it uh, cheers for checking in, go back and listen to the two part special, the 100th episode with Olivier Kugler please because it's really important work and it's full of amazing unbelievable stories, I hope you enjoyed Kate Cowan and Creative Boom today because they're very 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 talented people doing great work. Sham Maragaya coming up. We've got loads of new episodes. Send me your new work. I want to see what you're up to. Just like I said about approaching Creative Boom and Creative Blogs, hit me up because people do that and they've ended up on the show. Uh, I want to know what you've been up to. If you're doing something inter interesting, I will always consider it because I just want to spread the love and showcase great creative people, work and journeys. So thank you. Thanks again to the sponsors. Heartinternet.co.uk, illustrationweb.com. Um, Looking for new sponsorship moving into the new year, so please do, again, approach me on that front if there's any suggestions or anybody out there that is listening and, and fancies doing that. The numbers are growing all the time, so it's good to partner up with relevant businesses. Um, thanks again to the Association of Illustrators, Heart uh, Internet, Illustration Web. Uh, repeating myself now, so I'm going to chip off. <laughs> Get me your feedback, please, on the Twitter and uh, Instagram, at Arrest All Mimics, both platforms. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for checking in. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Oh, by the way, we're going bi-weekly now. Uh, you'll have noticed a gap there. I think I need to give people time to digest the content. I need time to market the show and grow the numbers. And I really, you know, just got to plan these episodes a bit better. So it's I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit of breathing space for everyone concerned. That's not to say the content's not out there, because look out for a really cool marketing campaign coming up very soon. Nice one, guys. Cheers for the love. Check in next time. Have a creative week and a good start to 2018. See you later on.